any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. And I'm gonna say right out the gate, we got a lot of things going on here. First of all, I have my mask here um, because uh, the, I, we had a, um, uh, what, a flood, uh, you know, a, a, I don't know whether it's a pipe, I don't know what, but something water issue um, coming from the ceiling last night. And so we have workers here in the house. And here in California, we have an indoor mask mandate. And obviously when you're in your home, you don't necessarily have to have, but if you have workers, so I have my mask around ready in case people should have to come in here and, you know, and we'll have to deal with that if that happens, because, you know, water is its own thing. So, so first of all, you know, sometimes it just is a reminder that, you know, you have a plan, you're going to do things a certain way, and then the universe says, I'm going to throw you a curveball. So we have a water issue. So if at some point, there's no room to get past me here, but if at some point you see people and, uh, you know, I might have to pull my mask up at some point because we have to, it's, it's the law. And I appreciate that because I want to stay safe and I want them to stay safe. So we're just going with the flow this morning is what I'm saying with a lot of things that we're going to be doing this morning. And quite honestly, it's that part of the holidays. I don't know if you guys feel that with me where it's like, oh, we have all these things we have to catch up on because, uh, you know, there's going to be this thing when stuff stops for at least a couple of days. Right. And as a, as a parent, when, when my son was younger, and really in intensive services for autism. I would always look forward to the holidays because I would go, oh, it's a break, it's a break, it's a break. But then what I wouldn't realize is that it was also a break in his support. So over the years, I, I, I would start to realize, oh, it's not really a break, it's a change and I have to be prepared and ready for it. So not as much a break for me as a caregiver, as a parent. Um, so we're going to be mindful of that today. As we talk, we, we've been talking this entire month about the festival of toys. We're going to talk more about that and we're going to catch up because we've missed a couple of toys and days. Um, so we can catch up because we're getting close to the end of the shows for the year. But first, let me start by saying, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have the opportunity to be here with you. I'm especially saying good morning to Michelle, who's already written in and encouraging other people. If you're watching and you want to, Amanda, there's her blue hearts. I love that. I love to start the morning with your blue hearts, Amanda. Um, if you're watching and you want to just write in and with an emoji or to tell us where you're writing from, where you're watching from, or a question or what's going on, we welcome all of you. Um, and that's for those of you who are watching live, but it's also for you who are watching later on when we're in podcast. Uh, Amanda says, you look great this morning. It's the mask because the mask covers all the chins, Amanda. Uh, people have been railing against the masks and I'm like, why would you? It covers the chins. Uh, so there we go. But in any case, uh, so thrilled to be here with you guys. We, like I said, we are live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about 10 other sites. And Traven will start to show you what some of those sites are where we're live. And um, for the, the big three, you really can interact with us live right now. Uh, 
um, and write just write in as uh, Michelle wrote into us on YouTube and Amanda wrote into us on Facebook. And I can see that in real time, which is really fun. You can still send me messages and they are messages for me. I'm the person who looks at them on, on the, the, the chat that is on autism-live.com. And you can also email me directly, Shannon at autism-live.com. Now, I don't know, uh, I'd love for somebody to test it, but if you were to go to autismnetwork.com, there's a rumor that we we might today be live as well on our new site, uh, the show there. I don't know, it may not be, but I'd love if somebody has an opportunity, autismnetwork.com and see if we're live there as well. If we're not, we will be in the coming days, but I, I think the experiment was we were gonna see if it was working today. So, um, but we record the show. The, the show will be available later on today as a podcast. And we are the number one rated autism podcast worldwide. That's all thanks to you guys. Thank you for watching, for sharing, for writing in your questions, for letting other people know for, we love it. You know what we love when you do a review on iTunes. Oh, that's such a good thing. Uh, so, uh, if you have time and I know who's got time, but if you do, that's a great thing that helps us a lot. And it helps us to get to more people, more people find us every time somebody reviews us on iTunes, that's like thousands more people who are able to find us and go, Oh, I didn't know that was there. Uh, so, and it does cost your time, but it doesn't cost us anything else. So we super, super appreciate it. All right. Um, I do like to remind you at the start of the show that we have a lot of experts that come on the show and we've got experts. Oh my gosh, the things we have lined up for January, but we're really focusing on the toys right now um, and talking about the toy guide and why we picked the toys that we did in the toy guide. The toy guide is available right now on autismnetwork.com at the top. It says toy guide is one of the tootle around on there and look at all the different things that are on autism network. We're working to make that a much more um, robust site with more things to do and more things to watch and more ways to interact. So give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. We are still on autism-live.com. You can still go there. Still works, still the same. And um, the toy guide is available there as well. So uh, as I've said before, the toy guide, we separated into different categories that are sort of age normed. Don't get hung up on that. Um, because you might have a 13 year old who really likes the thing that's, that's age normed for six year olds. It doesn't mean that it's not appropriate for a 13 year old. It just means that if you, if, when you first came to the guide and you had a six year old, it was the toy that we wanted you to look at, but it might be appropriate for an adult, um, and vice versa. That there are definitely, when you see one of the toys that I put in the speech category for caregivers, you're going to go, wait a second, that seems like something that would be a toy for a three-year-old and you're not going to be wrong, but we'll talk about why I put it in the caregiver section. So please feel free to check out the toy guide wherever you are. And there, Traven is showing you all the wonderful places that you can download the podcast. We pretty much Pretty much anywhere where you can download a podcast for free, we're there. If you see that that is not true, if I'm telling an untruth, will you call me out on it? Because it means that there's a place that we haven't found yet that we'd like to be, okay? Because uh, we want to be everywhere that you guys can find us for free. That's really super important to us. Uh, you got enough things to spend your money on, like toys, right? Do you see that segue? Do you see what I did there? Um, okay. Um, I, I also like to give the disclaimer at the start of the show that uh, 
as I said, we have lots of experts that are here on the show. I'm not an expert in autism, not pretending to be an expert in autism. I am a mom, former educator, and someone who cares deeply about people who are on the spectrum getting the rights and the opportunity and the you know education that they are wildly entitled to uh, and making sure that they are not discriminated against for those things. That's really at the core of everything, right? As a mom, how could I be anything but that? Um, and what we're a whole show, we always say this, that we're what we really want to do at the end of the day is look back and say, did we provide information and inspiration? That's really where we're coming from. And we want to do that for that larger autism community that starts with the people on the spectrum themselves, but it includes everyone who loves them. So if you are uh, interested um, in, you know, uh, if any of those areas, then we welcome you. Uh, so that's a wonderful thing. Okay, so uh, we do start the day with jargon of the day, and we're a little bit discombobulated today, so go with us uh, on this walk with us. Uh, but our jargon today, we had uh, good morning, Renee and Elvira. So wonderful to see you guys. Look at all the flowers and hearts and smileys you guys gave me. Wonderful. Uh, our, our, our slides are a little bit technical difficulty. I don't know whether we have them or we don't have them, but we, Trayvon always gives you the teaser about what is the jargon of the day. And our jargon term for today is prompting. And, uh, so we wanted to give you the actual definition for that. Prompting is providing assistance or cues to encourage the use of a specific skill. So that's pretty general. Um, but what I, for our working definition, what I want to get into a little bit more specifically is why we prompt, how we prompt, and how we fade prompting. And that there's so many different ways to prompt someone to do something. As a former school teacher, um, you know, depending on what grade you're teaching, there are different, there are lots of nonverbal ways to prompt someone, right? You could, you could hold up uh, a card that says something, uh, there, there are, um, classroom teachers that have all these sign language things that I, I hadn't been in a, in a, uh, elementary school classroom for a, a long time. And then I went in to guest and direct something with a group of students and they were they were they were holding up one finger or two fingers and crossing their fingers and i was like somebody has to translate for me cuz they clearly understood this language um and that i think it was that if you held up two fingers that they were they were reminding each other to pay attention and focus if they held up a finger crossed that meant they had to go to the bathroom and would, would like to be excused who like it's important to know this information if you're in front of the classroom so that's one way of prompting. Prompting, as I said, could be textural. It could be holding up a thing that cues someone to do something, right? It's extra support to cue someone to do something. But then we do physical prompts too. And there are lots of classifications for physical prompts that it might be uh, a full physical or a partial physical so that when, when we have somebody and we say touch car, we might lightly take their wrist and put it on the car and then we reward them, right? That's a full physical prompt because we're, we're, we're even, you know, it could be hand over hand getting them to do it, right? We're not forcing anybody. It shouldn't be a tug of war, but it's really guiding them to do it, right? Whereas then we start to what we call fading the prompt, where eventually we get to the point where we just stick one finger 
we're not really directing them. We're just reminding them, oh, remember when we did this before? So one finger, and then eventually it would be the finger here, not touching. And then there would be no finger, and then we would have faded the prompt. Here is what I want everybody to know about prompting. Everybody gets squeamish about this, like it's some horrible, intrusive, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to prompt. That's not true. We don't want to over prompt. Over prompt is when you didn't give the person an opportunity ever to do it themselves. And I can't tell you, like it's, it, it's a very squishy thing and it's very hard to gauge, except that when you see somebody over prompting, you know it. And it's hard to watch. It's uh, it like grabs my throat and it makes me want to like throw things because I do see people in different environments over prompting somebody. And listen, I've been guilty of it myself, over prompting my son. Um, it's easy to do to over prompt. One of the guidelines guidelines that we want to put in is when you give an instruction that you want to count. And for some kids, the count might be one, two, three. For some kids, it might be seven. And for other kids, it might be 10. Think of it this way. When you are working with a computer, you, you know, type on the keyboard and you hit a key and it's because you want it to do something, right? And when you have a lot of programs going on in your computer, sometimes you hit the key and it doesn't respond automatically because it's got a lot to process right? And sometimes we make the mistake of hitting the key again. And now nothing happens. And so we bang, 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 bang on the key. I want that to happen. And I want it now, right? But the computer is telling us, I'm busy processing other things. You need to slow your roll a little bit and I'll get to it eventually. But by keeping hitting the key saying, do it now, do it now, do it now. All we've done is given the computer more to process. And we as people are very much the same. And it's not just people on the autism spectrum, it's all of us. So if I know when I check out at the grocery store or check out anywhere, there's a lot going on for me in that moment. Um, you know, there's somebody talking to you. I've got my purse open. I'm taking out my debit card and there's all the sensory things going on. And I really want to focus on what's happening with my debit card. Um, and I had the experience once where someone took advantage of me in that state and stole my information and emptied my bank account. So now I've said, well, no, we're not going to do this anymore. I need to focus. And people will say to you, you know, would you like plastic or paper? People will interrupt you. My son, my husband will interrupt me. My friend, my phone will interrupt me. The cashier will interrupt me. Right. And I always say to people, need a minute right? And I hold up a finger. I don't even verbally say it. I hold up a finger. Well, it took me 50 years to learn that I needed to do that. And our kiddos on the spectrum don't yet have that skill to hold up a finger and go, give me a minute, right? And we don't have the expectation that they can, but we need to give it for them. And, and by the way, it's not just kiddos on the spectrum. We need to get in the habit of when we ask a question or give a demand that there is a pause right? And then if we see that they're not doing it, that we wade in carefully. So when you're prompting, so if you say to your child, let's say that the thing that you want them to do is to put their shoes away and you say to them, please put your shoes away. Now, if you already know that this child is not good at it, you might put in a prompt um, that 
uh, I mean, just saying, will you please put your shoes away is a prompt, but they might need a more intrusive prompt. They might need a card that shows where the shoes go to be successful. They might need for you to be walking them over to the shoes and say, please put your shoes away. Every kid, every demand, a different thing, right? But then give them a second to do it. <laughs> and, and that second is like very individualized. How long of a time that you're going to give them to do it. Um, and then, um, you know, there are different schools of thought depending on what's happening. There's something called the no, no prompt. So that when you think that the child reasonably can do a skill, and if you say, um, please put your shoes away and they continue to do what they're doing, you give them an instructional no, not a judgmental no. There's a very big difference between saying no, right? That's, we don't need that. So it's a very short clip, no, without judgment. Nice. If, if you were sitting with your dearest, most loved grandparent and you asked them to do something and they didn't do it right, you would not give them a judgmental no. You would give them an instructional no. You go, no. And you can even say, uh-uh or whatever, but it's not judgmental. It's super duper important. And so the no, no prompt is that you would say, okay, put your shoes away. Pause, pause, pause. No, put your shoes away. Pause, pause, pause. No. And then, so it's no, pause, no, pause. And if they're still not doing it, then you prompt. And the prompt might be physically going over and helping them, not manhandling them. <laughs> There's nothing in this that's manhandling, but that we literally go put hands on so we have their attention and go, and then we make sure as soon as they do it, we praise them. Praise them, praise them, praise them. Now, parents hate this. They're like, well, they should just do that. They should just do it and I shouldn't have to reward them for it and I shouldn't have to prompt them. Okay, well, that's the promised land. That's where you're trying to get. But how do you get there? Prompting works. Prompting works. If you think about it, it worked in your life. Didn't you? And, and people prompted you. People prompt you now. When you're standing at the cash register and you put the card in and you phase out because you're talking to somebody else, the cashier point to the thing or say, you have to push the green button. They'll give you a prompt so that you'll be able to do it. And that's all we're doing for our kiddos. The difficulty becomes that when you teach these strategies to parents, they love them because it helps create the behavior that they want. And then they, the parent or the caregiver becomes, uh, they, they say that the child becomes prompt dependent. I don't think so. I think it's us that become prompt dependent. We get stuck into the pattern of, well, I know that when I do this, they get it done and I want that to get it done. So that's how we get comfortable that we prompt, prompt, prompt. Remember, you constantly want to be moving the goal. So whenever we're prompting, we do what works and then we slowly fade it out. And if at any point while we're fading it out, it falls apart for us and the thing doesn't happen, we go back to the last level of prompting that worked. So if you say to him, uh, go put your shoes away and you hold up the card that shows where the shoes go and he doesn't do it, then we give a, more, a bigger prompt. We go over physically do it, right? And, and we do that the next three times that he has to put his shoes away. And then we go back to the picture. And, and he does it. Great. We've made progress, right? And so then slowly we go back to just saying, put your shoes away. And he doesn't put his shoes away. 
So we go back to the last prompt that worked. Well, the last prompt that worked was the picture. If that doesn't work, we go back to the prompt before that and we just shore that up. We don't ever give up, but prompting does work. I think the problem for parents is that once, once parents get this new skill and get over that, they think it's stigmatizing or whatever. It's not. Um, what's stigmatizing is when somebody over prompts and doesn't let go of it. So I, but I think we all get stuck in that at some point, you're going to do that at some point, you're going to over prompt because prompting works and, and it feels comfortable. So, uh, Michelle says, I'm from Washington state, been watching for five years, just, uh, past your website for, uh, autismlive.com and autism network to an autism teacher. Michelle, thank you so much. And you've added so much over the years. It's a thrill to have you here. Good morning to Parker. So great that you're here, Parker. And Mackenzie says, morning, I'm from Arizona. I'm a mom of a son with autism and a BCBA. Look at you, girl. And, and they said, thank you for this. Love that this information is available to so many. Mackenzie, thank you so much. We try. We try. So prompting you guys, super effective. Just don't get entrenched in it and not move the goalposts. That's the thing that's, that's really important. But don't be afraid when they want to prompt your kiddo. I know it looks weird in the beginning and it looks strange. It's going to change and morph if it's done properly. Okay. So let's move on to our question of the day. Cause we have so many toys to get to today. It's dizzying for me. Um, so every day we ask you a question and we encourage you if you want to write in and tell us the answer to the question. Uh, our question today is what's the last board game you played? Can I tell you, I am so excited about some of the games that are under the tree this year. Um, I, I, I'm so excited about one in particular with my, my particular boys. If you don't love board games, uh, I got to say to you, everybody has their own taste in games, but if you don't love board games, I would ask you to relook at them because they've changed a lot over the years. I think a lot of the reasons why people don't like board games is that it's not, it, it doesn't play to their interest and it feels like they take forever. Like if you... When I was in college, there was a group of people that they would get together and set aside the whole weekend to play Risk. I know other people now that do Magic the Gathering and do Dungeons and Dragons, but I had a group of friends that they would take an entire weekend. And even after we graduated college, they would pick a city and they would all travel to it to play Risk for an entire weekend, order food in, never get up from the table you know, to the death risk. And that was exciting to them. And other people are like, I would not give up a weekend to play risk. What is wrong with all of you? Well, the fact of the matter is, is a lot of board games now aren't things that take hours and hours, not like the old Monopoly, which I enjoy the taking all weekend. But if you don't, then don't feel like you're stuck in it. Now there's board games that can be played in 15 minutes. So I would encourage you to look again, but what's the last board game that you played? We play a game in our house whenever we have the, I think the last thing we played really was Scrabble. We played a lot of Scrabble in COVID, but, but one of the games that we try to play whenever possible, it's not even available on the market anymore. It's called You've Been Sentenced. And we laugh until we are beside ourselves at this game. And it helped my son learn how to build a sentence, uh, both in speech and in writing. It made it made the biggest difference in writing, I think, than any other single thing. 
so what was the last board game that you guys played? Write in and tell us. We'd love to know. And then we always have a topic of the week. And our topic this week, uh, which we discussed on Monday, uh, super important topic, uh, making an educationally enriched environment for our kiddos that that they have the opportunity to be gaining knowledge in every waking minute that and that it's fun knowledge um years ago they had a commercial that they would play and i remember i was a very young parent and i thought oh i'm not doing enough of this and part of the reason why i wasn't doing it was because my my son wasn't responding the way i had anticipated but they showed a woman waiting in line at an atm and she there was a guy And she was saying, holding it up and going, what shape is it? And the little child was going, it's a square. And then she would fold it in a different way. And it was a triangle. And the child, and she said, what is it? And the child go, it's a, it's a triangle, right? And so she was going through the different shapes by folding a dollar bill. And the commercial was, I don't know, for PBS or something. And it was saying about every moment is an opportunity to learn. And it really stuck with me all these years. It still sticks with me because it changed the way I was doing stuff with my son. Um, that I was like, okay, maybe I'm just not putting enough time and effort into, he wasn't getting concepts in the way that I anticipate him doing it. But then I doubled down and we started you know, not having any moment that wasn't something fun for him to learn. It feels in the beginning like it's exhausting. And you're like, oh, I just don't know how I can do more. But when you re when you key into it, it actually is less exhausting because your kiddo will be more engaged. And that there are times you'll start to look and go, okay, I need a break to be able to go to the bathroom. I need a break to be able to cook dinner. And you start looking for, well, okay, what could my child be doing during that time that would be an educationally enriched environment? And there's all kinds of things, you know, whether it's the games that we talk about and some of them are solo games or whether it's their iPad or there's, their, you know, I mean, PBS and, uh, and Disney kids. I mean, there's programming that is all that we just, we want to vary it. That's the, the main point here. Uh, okay. So, but, but this is what, this is what the goal is making it an educationally rich environment. So, uh, let's kind of key into that. Uh, and I want to start, I promised that today we were going to be talking about the speech award winners and the toy guide, and that we were going to talk about the employment winners, but I also got to throw in some STEM toys that I haven't talked about. We're not going to talk about all the ones in the toy guide, but just a couple that are highlights for me and a couple of our top toys too. And um, the reason why is because I have these and I want to show them to you and then I want to wrap them because we're having our Sensitive Santa event that's on Sunday. Tickets are flying out the door, you guys. I think the last time I looked, there's just a handful left, but there are a handful. If you're in Los Angeles, please register right now on Eventbrite. You can go to Autism Live Eventbrite and you can have, uh, it's, a, it's a free ticket. And um, what will happen is it's a drive-through. It won't take very long. It's very short, but very fun, very COVID safe. Everybody in the car, uh, you'll come into the Ed Asner Family Center, which is an amazing place. Then you'll know where it is. Uh, you'll come in and there'll be 
fun things happening outside the car. Your child will be given a, a wrapped toy, uh, something that we've been featuring from the toy makers that we've been talking about here on the show. And then they will have an opportunity to wave to Santa from a distance with the windows rolled up. Nobody's going to breathe on anybody. Um, and, and, and then you get to go home and you get to choose. Do you want to unwrap the toy at home or do you want to put it under the tree? It's entirely up to you. And these are good quality toys, y'all. Starting with, let's because I want to get these wrapped and get them under underneath the tree, so to speak. So um, this was our uh, top toy. Let's talk for just a second about what top toys are. Top toys are toys that we, we see an educational benefit. We see something that will ignite the mind and the hearts of the individual uh, that, that receives this. But what makes it a top toy for me, and I'm usually the person picking the top toy, is that there's something about this toy that is hotter than hot and that everybody, everybody responds to it, not just people on the spectrum. So this is a toy that they can sit side by side with a neurotypical peer. And that neurotypical peer is going to be like, that's cool. I want that, right? Because there is a social component to that, right? So top toys are just like awesome, awesome, awesome. And this toy is a, uh, a Shashibo from Fun in Motion. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is the hot toy this season. So um, you can see how it's packaged there. And I have one here and you have no idea what I've gone through to get this back into a cube because what this thing does, and let me be able to demo this for you. You, there are places where you crack it open and this thing morphs and you can see that it's got different patterns on different sizes. And now you begin to move it to create different shapes. And, and at some point, it's kind of like a Rubik's Cube. At some point, you want to try to, let me just tell you that when I got it, um, this, this piece right here, this sort of tie-dye was on the outside. And the green was on the inside. I have been able to get it back to a cube with the green. I have not figured out how to get it back to a cube with the tie-dye. And I've tried, there, there are four sides here. I've tried to get it to this, this, this green. I can't, but there may be shapes that you create along the way as you do this every once in a while. And they're magnets and it makes this very satisfying click noise. I don't know if you can hear it on the microphone, but we have been handing these to people and you lose your mind. It is so fun. This is great for manual dexterity. This one for the tween team. But it also, there is a physics component to this that I can't even begin. Okay, look what I just did. Did you hear that? And it snapped together and look. And when that happens, you go, holy business, what did I just do? But I've seen the, this toy in the hands of some of our kids on the spectrum and they get the math of it. I'm not going to be able to get the math. I'm not a math person. But they get the concept of it and it's just like a Rubik's Cube. And they, see, I just did something else and created this other shape. Um, and they can go tick, 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 and get the other side on the outside. I'm not that good. It took me most of yesterday to get it back to a cube so that I could demo it for you. Um, so I haven't quite figured this out yet. It's, uh, but a lot of times our kids, it's a spatial thing and they can get it. Now, add to this, you know, you're already like, what in the heck? And, you know, but... Um, they, these come in all different colors in the rainbow with all different sides. And it's sort of this really cool thing that you open it up and go, what's on the inside? Cause you can't tell from the box, 
But um, here's the extra cool thing is that once you buy one and then you get a second one, they can snap together and you can make a big shishibo and make all different kinds of things. And I'm told that you can snap endless amounts of them together. It's mind boggling. It is so cool. I don't, I, I just don't even know how to describe except that this is 68 kinds of fun. And there is that there, I got back to that shape again. I really like this shape, but it takes a brighter mind than mine, but so much fun. There's a sensory element to it. There's a math element to it. There's a spatial awareness. There's fine motor and it's just cool. It's just cool. This comes to us from fun in motion. Uh, and it's Shishibo. It is the hot toy this year. Uh, talk to any tween teen and they'll want it. But is this appropriate for a six-year-old? Absolutely. Is it appropriate for a 44-year-old? Absolutely. My husband and I had so much fun playing with this the other day. And it feels good, you guys. Well-made and it click, click, click snaps. Super fantastic. The other top toy that I've got here that I want to show you comes to us from Play Monster. And, uh, play, you know, and what's, what's interesting about this is that one of the board games that I did not include on our, uh, our list, but is I'm so excited because it's under the tree is a play monster. And the reason why I didn't include it on the toy guide is because it's very specific. Um, but, uh, this toy did win top toy, um, and this was in our school age category, but this could be appropriate for anyone. Uh, Dr. Grampichet and I, with her kids, her adult kids, had fun with this. Um, basically, what this is, there's a wand. I'm going to try to open it up and not make a lot of noise here. There's a wand and then a bunch of bases. And, and basically, we're playing a game. And there are many different games that the wand comes pre-programmed with. Um, so it could be that we just have to... Let me get it out here. Um, it could be that it lights up and it tells me which color base I need to go find next. And you can hide these all over the house and the person has to go and find it. And it doesn't move on to the next one until I fit it into the, the holder. Um, and, uh, and then it'll flash red and now I got to go find the red one. Um, it could be a speed thing. They have a bunch of different games that you can pre-program it with. But what I love about this is that this is a great game to invite kids over to do a play date with because it gives them an activity to do where they're moving their bodies. They can work cooperatively or they can work competitively. Super fun, very interesting, high, you know, high tech, low tech, you know, it feels high tech, but it's not high tech. Um, easy to use, play monster, ultra dash, top toy. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I got those two in. But now I'm going to segue over to the speech toys, uh, Traven. We've already talked about a couple of these toys, and they're featured also in the video that we did with Dr. Grand Pichet. Bailey. This is Bailey. He's the baby and toddler speech uh, puppy. And I don't want to turn him on for too long, but um, oh, I think, there we go. Uh He's just so cute, you guys. And and the best, there's so many great things about him, but the best thing about Bailey is that there is a component that is truly interactive, that it asks them to make a noise or say a word, and then they fit it into what Bailey says next. It's just so fantastic. Uh, and we had talked about that before, so I'm not going to belabor that, but it's really wonderful. And that's from Leapfrog. Our next, for our preschool um, speech builder, I've got it upside down. 
Uh, this is one of my favorite companies, uh, let's just say. And we've featured something from them in the toy guide. I think pretty much every year we've had the toy guide. This is from Smart Felt Toys. And this time it's the My Little Zoo. So what's really incredible about this toy, well, there's so many things that are incredible about this toy. I'm going to get emotional. Um, this toy was created by a speech and language pathologist, Yvonne Johansson, who uh, I believe is going to be joining us here more on Autism Live and on Autism Network talking, because you guys ask all the time about how do we build speech? Well, Yvonne knows. Yvonne knows. Um, she's because you know why she's been doing it for more than 40 years. She's a speech and language pathologist and she's the one who invented this toy. So it comes and it comes and it's all flat, right? So don't we love that packs up and it's flat. But the truth of the matter is, is that all kids love a good dollhouse, right? And so this puppy is, um, Velcroed and I don't have a whole lot of space in which to do this here. But you can see that I start to put together my dollhouse and it pops up to be this 3D experience. And once you do this, I, I've done this so many times with so many of their products now. Um, in fact, once we had, once we saw this toy and we had them on the first time, I'll be honest with you, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders just did a bulk order and, and got one for every single one of their centers because they loved it that much. So I've had the opportunity, whenever I go to one of their centers, I would get this toy out and start playing with the kiddos. And so there's the My Little Zoo, there's My Little Farm, and My Little House. And it comes, now if you've ever been with a speech and language pathologist, a lot of times they use felt boards. It's just an easy way to put um, an exemplar on the board and engages. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll They'll give the felt piece to the child and they'll say, what is it? And the, you know, the child might be able to say it's a dolphin, or maybe we say, what, what sound does it start with? It's a duh, duh, duh. We're prompting them to get them to do it. And then we say, okay, put the dolphin underneath the tree. Now I'm starting to work on prepositions. So now they put, they put it up there and it just, and, and it, I don't know, there's just something about it. Don't you now want to touch it and smooth it down? Uh, everybody loves to do that, right? So um, then, you know, there, the thing about it is, is that it comes with so many felt pieces so that you can personalize it to whatever program they have, that they can, you know, we can name her. Uh, we can ask, what is she holding in her hands? Uh, what Yvonne did was what put this together in a way that there were, there were, thousands of things that you can work on. It even comes with an activity guide to work on. Uh, what's different about the My Little Zoo is that it's focusing on the zoo environment and animals that you would find in a zoo where the farm focused on the farm animals and the house focused on the things in the house. When I don't talk about this very often, but um, I have a very beloved member of my family that joined our family after coming to us from Colombia, And um, language was not her forte, especially the English language was not her forte. And we got her a My Little House. And oh my gosh, she wanted to know the names of everything and learn so much faster than if she'd just been learning it in a different environment. So as a speech builder, I have firsthand in, uh, you know, um, experience. These smart felt toys are just the best thing ever. Just love them. If you've, and if you've got a language learner on any front, whether it's because English is a second language or there is a language language deficit because of a diagnosis, 
this is the toy. This is absolutely the toy. And notice, I'm going to take this apart really quickly. It's a lovely little ripping noise because don't we love Velcro? Velcro is an amazing, you know, it's, uh, it's what NASA uses. So <laughs> you got to love that. And then I just want you to see how much this thing folds up and goes right back into its little suitcase. And so it's all the wonderful things about a dollhouse plus all the wonderful things about a speech toy and it folds up so that you don't have to live with a dollhouse in the corner of your house your entire life. How much do I love that? More than I can say. Okay, our next toy, which I already wrapped because I'm a fool, but I know that somebody's going to love it. And we have, um, it's one of the things that we demoed with Dr. Grand Pichet that you can see. Uh, it is the Gib Gab from Fat Brain Toys. I love this so much. This is for our school-aged kids. It's a very simple looking device that's got two buttons and a bunch of lights that stop in the middle with, a, with an orange button. But what you do is that you play um, by saying, you know, the topic is farm animals. And so two people play and one person says a farm animal. They say cow and they hit the button. Well, now the dots go over to the other side. And so the other, now we know it's the other person's turn and they have to say uh, llama, <laughs> right, uh, is a farm animal on some farms and they hit the button and it goes back and forth until somebody can't think of one in the time that the dots get to get there. It's uh, and then a winner is declared. What's great about it is that not only are we working on speech and you can work on whatever category that you want, it's got an automatic timer and you can set it for give, to give them a lot of time, a little bit of time, or for it to be an epic short period of time. But what we're teaching our kids is how to make the pathway to find the language in a quicker way with a big reinforcer that I hit the button and I'm still winning. And that when I lose, that it's not the biggest deal in the world. We make it safe for them to not, I have trouble sometimes thinking of the word that I want, right? So we normalize it for them. This is a great toy. If you've got somebody and you're wanting to build language, they've already got a certain amount of language and you wanna build it and you wanna work on um, fluency, which is that they can come up with it quicker. This is a fun way to do it that um, won't be pressure and will be lots of fun. I just love the gib gab from uh fat brain toys you know what i can give this the highest compliment my dear friend joanne laura would have loved this toy that's the highest compliment that i can give okay moving on uh because we're running out of time here for our teen tween uh toy in the speech category fabula storytelling cards sometimes if you think about it there's two different things about being able to speak and having something to talk about and that they, there are different parts of the brain that you have to access to be able to do them. And sometimes this is where prompting comes in. This toy is an ideal prompter because, and, and can I tell you that um, screenwriters, this is the, the kid version of Fabula. It's the Fabula deck for kids, but there's an adult version that screenwriters that have stuff on Netflix use because it's a way to organize your story ideas and to come up with a new idea. Uh, this is a great way to be able to talk about the elements of a story with a kiddo and prompt them to be able to tell their own story. I just love it. And we should all be doing that. In the adult category, uh, wonderful toy from Gridley Games. 
uh, it is called Chronicles of the Mind, and it's like a trivia um, uh, thing for an individual, but, but it's prompts to get you to speak about something. So it asks you questions. Uh, and look, the, the, the tag on it is the game that gets everyone talking. Uh, again, so much of the hard uh, hardship when, when you have individuals who are older is knowing like, well, what's a safe topic? This sort of takes all that emphasis away and you're playing a game. Um, and so, you know, and if you need to, you can implement a pass that isn't in the rules, right? But this gives you topics. This is a great game, especially if you have, if you're visiting relatives that don't know your adult on the spectrum really well, or they're coming to your house. Uh, it's a great way for grandparents to get to know their grandchildren. But I really think that this is ideal for adults, this one. And then our last one, the one that I promised, this is the, the Caregiver Speech Builder Award. And take a look. It's ideal for a six-year-old, right? It's, uh, it's called the Talking Hamster. And basically that element of Bailey that we liked that you say something and then the toy uh, does a voice change thing and reiterates it back to you, that's exactly what this toy does. And it does just that. It doesn't do all the other things that Bailey does. So why did I pick this for a caregiver? Because if you are a caregiver and you're wanting to build language in the individual that you love, whether they are three or 43, what you want more than anything else is to build on those utterances and that vocal language. It's the gift that you want the most. And here's the truth. We know that this kind of thing works. That uh, one of the first things that we noticed when that Tomcat app came out, uh, and somebody showed it to my son and it's the same principle. He would push a button and it, he would say something like, uh, la la into the app. And then the cat, he would do a voice change. It's the same technology that's used in this toy. And the cat would go la la and repeat back what he said. So now that's a direct reinforcer and he wanted to say more and have the cat say it back. It builds language, y'all. And then you get involved. So if it's your toy and you're the caregiver, you say something to it and the child hears that, you've modeled it, now the child wants to do it and you take turns back and forth. And in that way, you can shape what it is that they're saying. It's incredible. I love it. It's a really cool thing. All right, I got to move on to our employment because I want to get back to our STEM toys too. So under employment, um, our baby and toddler, like, we really got to work on employment skills with babies and toddlers. Yes, 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 because we're getting them ready for that. So we're, and basically it's working on basic skills. So the winner for this one is from Learning Resources. It's the Peekaboo Learning Barn. So you see, you've got all these little barns, you've got all these little animals and uh, notice that the barns are different colors. The animals are different colors. We're putting them in. We can rearrange. We can work on object permanence. By what we, we put the cow in the red one, and then we move them all around, and we go, which one is the cow in? Uh, and can they follow it? Eye gaze. Lots of things that you can work on with this. We super duper love it. Uh, next under preschool is another Salus brand item. I've got it right here behind me. These, this is from popover, which is from Salus brands. So I love this. Everybody loves a toy kitchen. And when you've got a toy kitchen, there's all kinds of things that you can be working on, but not everybody can afford a big plastic toy kitchen or has the apartment or house in which you can, you can have that. 
and and like have it be there all the time. Who's got room for that? I don't know anybody. Now, what we're showing there, um, Traven, is the other winner from Popover, which uh, that's the pretend food set. Um, but this is actually the stove. Um, and what it does is all of the popover, it's kind of clever, pop over, you're going to pop it over a dining room chair. So if you have a dining room chair, this is a fabric thing that comes all encased in this box and it shows you how you put it over the chair. It takes five seconds. And what you end up with is this thing that looks like a play kitchen so that when you're done playing with it, you take the whole thing off, it folds back up and it goes in a drawer but your kids get all of the benefit of the pretend play. Think about what we talked about the other day about uh, sociodramatic play. Now I've got the pretend stove. I can be the pretend chef or I can be the pretend dad who's cooking dinner. I can be a, a whole, all kinds of things, but I'm getting a real functional pretend play situation out of it because I've got a real representation of what the thing is. Kids love this. And parents love it because you can pack it away. I love popover. Really good quality, good quality fabric toys. And this makes so much sense. I love, and by the way, this is the stove set, but it comes in other things too. Here I've got the kitchen countertop. There's one that is just an ice cream shop. And there's one that's a tool chest too, a tool bench. So super fabulous. Okay, moving on from Discovery Toys, uh, a game called Exact Change. Oh, I'm throwing toys away. Um, called exact change where it's like you, you're making the exact change to count back change. If your kiddo is at some time going to work in retail, why not work on this when they're seven kids love it because they see people do this in real life and then they learn, Oh, there's a real thing happening here and I know how to do it. Oh, I love, I love, 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 love this game. Uh, okay, for the tween teens, we're taking it up a notch. And there's this wonderful game from Child's Work called What Should I Do Now? And it takes different scenarios that help you to prepare. Because if you think about it in a work situation, you're given a set of instructions, but then something happens and you're like, what do I do now? Well, that's why the game is called What Should I Do Now? And it helps them to work on those kinds of things in a safe environment with someone else and talk through, okay, well, what could you have done? And you did this. How did it turn out? Love, love, love this. Uh, okay. Uh, similarly, uh, in the adult category from uh, the company Storm, we have something called No Worries. It's like the old card game War where you have to match things, but this is about emotions and self-regulating, which is something that we all need when we're working in an employment situation. This is a top-notch toy to help with that self-regulation, but it is for kids that are older, and that's why we put it in the adult category. And then for our caregivers, for their gift uh, for employment, uh, we decided from Pinch Provisions, there's this wonderful gift box that's called the Work from home self-care. And in it, it's got the little jade roller. It's got a, a foofy for your um, for, for your ponytail to, to hold your ponytail back. Uh, it comes all in a gift tin that's really cool. And there's even a sign to put on the door saying, working, don't disturb, I need one of those. 
but it, it comes with a whole bunch of goodies that it's just the perfect gift for somebody who's working from home, which a lot of us still are. Uh, okay. And then just very briefly, there were two of our STEM toys that I wanted to make sure that I covered that I was supposed to cover yesterday so that I can make sure I get them wrapped in under the tree with Santa on Sunday. Uh, this is our STEM award winner. I believe I'm correct that this was for adults, our STEM. It comes to us from Fat Brain Toys. It's the Architects Drawing Kit. And uh, Dr. Grand Pichet fell in love with this. Um, what, I just really love it because if you have somebody who's been interested, say in Legos all along, but now they're showing an interest in wanting to like be specific about what they build, this all in one little booklet gives them everything that they need, including practice and the little um, that they can trace things so that they don't already have to have skills. I would love to show this to Dr. Grampy. I have a feeling she would love it too. Um, they, uh, so they can start out by doing that, but then eventually it shows them exactly how to be able to do a floor plan and draw uh, an elevation for the current house that they live in. Um, and there are all kinds of things until you get to the end of the book where it creates empty spaces for them to design whatever they'd like to design. This, if you have a budding architect, is the perfect gift, very inexpensive um, to be able to give them the capability to do what they've been dreaming about doing. So I super love that. But I cannot leave the program without talking about Lux Blocks. This is another company that has been a regular and a staple on our toy guide. Lux blocks, uh, they're the intelligent block um, that, oh, I should have opened this beforehand uh, because this container is meant to not open well. But basically uh, this is the, the main shape, but it comes in lots of different colors. And these snap together um, to become a building toy. But what's super fabulous is that because of the way they snap together, there's a hinge point so that you can snap it together. And if you are clever, which so many of our kids on the spectrum are, it can become a toy that creates movement. Now, LuxBlock comes in all different kinds of kits. You can get them and just get a package of them and build away. You can get them now and they're specialized to be able to build a car, a truck, a spaceship, all kinds of different things. This particular one we loved because it's simple and easy. It's called the Fidget Flexor. It's a great entree into Lux Blocks. So basically what they can do with this tube of uh, Lux Blocks, and it comes with uh, instructions. Uh, I, I don't know whether you have to go online to get that. And they come in different colors. This happens to be the teal and neon green. Um, but they can build this fidget that's, I'm going to, the glare is bad. Um, they can build this fidget and it expands and it can become a toy that they use, but it teaches them the basics of Lux Blocks. What you're going to see is that everyone then takes it apart and puts it together in different ways. Now, I used to keep a set of 16 Lux Blocks on my desk and people would come in to have a meeting with me. I'm talking professionals, right? Um, people, you know, that of, of all different skill level and ability, they would come in, everyone would pick it up. It didn't matter. And by the way, sometimes they would bring their kiddo in. It didn't matter if somebody was five 
where if somebody was 85, everyone, and I, by the way, I had other sensory toys on my desk too. I usually have a wide array because I'm always doing a preference assessment, right? I miss that about being in a, in a real office is watching people's reactions to the toys that I had out on my desk. But um, everyone would pick up the Lex blocks and they would go, what is this? And I'd show them simply how to snap it together and unsnap it right once. And it didn't matter. You could show this to a five-year-old on the spectrum. You show it to them once and they will start grabbing them and putting them together. Now, for some of our kids, that's a challenge. This is, this, there's, there is a fine motor component to this that they, and there's a hand-eye coordination that they need to be able to do. But over the years, I have seen kids that we can't get to hold a pencil who don't have the fine motor to really be able to do this will work till they can. It's so motivating to them. But then what's really cool is to watch when people put it together, what they make. I can't tell you enough how fascinated I am with these and people's reaction to them. So now we've talked about just everybody in general. And it, and because of that reason, it has been our top toy before because it has all the, the ear markings of a top toy. This year we included in the stem um, because it's just, it's always a good stem toy too. There, there is an element of construction to this just like there is to the architect guide, right? Um, <clears throat> but I, I can't tell you enough get some Lux blocks, put them under the tree. If you want to start small, start with the fidget flexor so that they have a specific thing to build. But take a look at some of the videos online and show the individual that you're giving it to um, like some of the different things that they can do. They get it better than, than we do. Most of them will, will key into it faster than you will. Uh, not everybody, but most of them. I, I, just, I just love me some Lux blocks. Super duper fun. And wait till you see, you'll find, you'll get addicted. It's, it's super duper fun. Uh, so love it. And then check out online all the different things that they make. But, um, but this is a great way to start is this fidget flexor. I just love it. I'm going to put that lid back on. It's the last thing I do and it might be, there we go. Uh, okay. Somehow miraculously we got through and we have 30 seconds to spare. So let me say this, Nancy and I are here tomorrow. We still have more toys to talk about. I don't remember what it is that we're talking about tomorrow, but we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I don't remember. Um, oh, the oldies, but goodies, all the toys that are sort of like maybe the toys from your childhood or the ones from mine, cause I'm probably older than you or the ones from my parents, you know, that are still good. that are still on the market that are fabulous. So we'll be here tomorrow to check that out. Um, and we also have some research from Leah Hirschfeld about the new prevalence numbers that something we have, one aspect that we have not talked about at all about what they found out about four-year-olds in the year 2018. So that will be fascinating. That'll be tomorrow here on Autism Live. But let me remind you, while we were here, more people signed up for tickets. We're perilously close to being sold out, but I want to be sold out. So please register. And if you find that you cannot register for our Sensitive Santa, send an email to me and I'll see if I can squeeze you in on the waiting list. Uh, Shannon at autism-live.com, but you got to do it uh, today because I'll get to the point where I don't have a waiting list anymore. So please do that. I hope to see you in person on Sunday. We won't be giving any hugs because we're staying socially distanced, but I'll give you a big wave, right? Uh, but I hope to see you then. But we'll be back here tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. Mwah.